Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham, the heart of the city of Birmingham. Alhamdulillah today. And also welcome to our Luton listeners who are tuned in on 105.1. I hope you're all having a good day, inshallah, and having a productive day, inshallah. We're here in the studio um, going to have a very lively session. I've got three lovely guests in front of me, all smiling, <laughs> all so eager to talk about their situation and their um, their children and in relation to autism, because the topic today we're going to be talking about autism and parents who have children that has been diagnosed in some way or maybe waiting for a diagnosis <coughs> uh, for, for that diagnosis of autism and maybe somewhere on the autism spectrum, which we'll find out all about these things when we talk to them. I'd like first to introduce everybody. So it's Asfia. Asifa. Asifa. <coughs> sorry, thank you. Sorry okay. if I pronounced it wrong. And Nikki and Nazia. So yeah. Asalaamu Alaikum. Welcome to the studio. Thank you for giving up your time to coming here and sharing your experiences and your knowledge with other parents who can really learn from this because there probably is somebody that this week has only just mm. heard the news that your child may be on the spectrum or your mm. child is on the spectrum mm. and they are still absorbing that news and in quite a shock, mm. I, I assume, is probably what you go through first, yeah. you know, <laughs> not knowing yeah. what it is. Yeah, so maybe we can go through some of your experiences and uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves first, a little bit about you, about your story and then what it was like when you heard that, that news, when you got that phone call or that letter to the door. Okay, so um, I've got three boys Mm -hmm. and it was 10 years ago that we started um, our journey Mm -hmm. into autism and my son was about 18 months old Mm -hmm. and we realised he'd gone quiet. Um, The thing is, my two boys are 11 months apart, so it was quite a loud household anyway Mm -hmm. Um, and his older brother would sort of overshadow him. But my older sister, who's a school teacher, noticed a few little quirks so he would hold a thread up and spin it or he'd take out my dad's sky card and watch the snow on the screen but um and he wouldn't respond to his name Hmm. so uh, my sister mentioned all this to a colleague at work and he suggested it could be autism Mm -hmm. so she didn't mention autism to me what she said was do you think you should go to the health visitor and get Zachary assessed and just Mm -hmm. check that he's developing as he should be, and he's eating his milestones. Mm-hmm. So we went to see the health visitor, and within literally, I think, a couple of weeks, we had um, a speech and language therapist come to our house, mm-hmm. and that started the ball rolling. Uh, for me, for many years, I held on to the fact that they didn't mention autism. So they originally said it's global um, development delay, learning difficulties. Um, I insisted that they do hearing tests because I was convinced that if he can't hear, mm-hmm. how how is he going to pick up language? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very sort of forthright in my approach to it, but I was in denial for many, many years. And I said to the other sisters here, I said... Um, so Zachary was just before he was just before he was two years old, and it took me until his eighth birthday to fully acknowledge um, the the true nature of the difficulties that my son was facing. Mm. Because what you don't realise is you actually grieve for the child that you've lost, and we've all done that as mums when we're pregnant. We have um, a, a, we imagine what our child's going to be like and what they're going to be able to achieve, and how you're going to support them through life. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I read years ago was that you've booked a holiday, you're going mm-hmm. to Spain, mm-hmm. for example, and halfway through that flight, they've changed the destination. Now, the destination is a place you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. You've not been there, mm-hmm. but it's quite a challenging place. Mm-hmm. But there's beauty in there. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Um, and there's times when you look and you sit down and you go, I don't know if I can do this. And then there's other times that you sit there and you think, yeah, this is an amazing journey. Mm. Um, I personally feel that sometimes the mainstream media romanticises autism yeah. too much. Mm. Uh, my son's not a savant. He's got no discernible talent that's going to make me any money or that's going to make him famous. Um, he is who he is. And, you know, alhamdulillah for what he is. This is from Allah. And I've decided not to focus on the wise, but rather focus on how can I improve his life? How can I educate other people? And how can I ensure that my son has the best quality of life? He's as independent, inshallah, as possible. Um, and that's my main goal. I'm not here to... I don't go down the path of I'm going to cure autism or that, you know, autism is, autism is a punishment. I don't feed into that. I mean, he's 12 years old now, mashallah. He's going through puberty. Marshall. He's a big, massive lad. Mm-hmm. And there's times when he absolutely is so violent and aggressive mm-hmm. and I'm left in tears. Uh, but there's also times when he will come and give me a hug. He gives the most beautiful eye contact and he's the most stunning child. I'm obviously biased. <laughs> but he's he's beautiful and you know I look back on the 10 years and I cannot imagine where I would have been had my child not been uh, blessed in that way by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know you just have to every day you say alhamdulillah in the good times and in the bad times and he gets you through it but it's a challenge and I think that the other warriors here will say the same thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. you have to fight your battles with Mm -hmm. a lot of people not Mm -hmm. just with professionals to get the services but with your community with your family with your friends mm-hmm. with, with the public with strangers with strangers mm-hmm. that's the biggest one yeah. for me yeah and oh, I yeah. you get judged so yeah. completely so for example with myself I get I get comments like they come over here and they don't know how to control the children mm-hmm. or why do they breed <gasps> if they can't control the children and what they don't mm-hmm. realise is I'm a mouthy woman and I will <laughs> challenge that and I've turned around and I've gone eh what did you just say? My son's got special needs. Mm-hmm. What's your excuse for being such an awful human being? Mm-hmm. And they just have a really surprised look. But equally, I've had some fabulous people come up to me yeah. who have seen me sort of struggling a bit. And they've they've recognised something in Zakaria. Mm-hmm. They've had that personal experience. And I had this one woman, I was so close to tears, she just came up to me and she went, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah. And I was I was in the middle of KFC, so I was just going to hug, thank you so much. <laughs> and sometimes you just need that kindness yeah. to yeah. say, you know what, you're doing all right. Yeah. And, but yeah, Alhamdulillah, oh, it's, it's a very sort of unique journey. And mm-hmm. all of us, even though all three of us have got children that have autism, and all of us have got boys who are autistic, mm-hmm. Each of our boys are going to be so individual mm-hmm. and their autism isn't going to be the same. There'll be some mm-hmm. similarities. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that I always say is that if you've met one person with autism, yeah, you've met one person. Mm-hmm. There's no generalisation. No, definitely. I'm, I've not got a rain man. I've, mm-hmm. not, I've just got my Zakaria is who he is. Mm-hmm. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, alhamdulillah for what? And is Zakaria the eldest of your boys? No, Zakaria is the middle one. The middle one. Yeah, right, so yes. I've got Sufyan, who's 13, mm. uh, who is also being assessed mm. for autism as well. Mm. Uh, Zakaria is 12 years old, and then my youngest, Hudayfa, is eight. Mm-hmm. So it's a very um, manly household. Mashallah, Really nice. Thank you for, for sharing that. And, and Nikki, you've got four children, is that right? Um, I've got three. Three I've children. Got a 17-year-old. I've got Zakaria also. Mm-hmm. Um, he's nearly six. He's the one with the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. He got diagnosed quite early on mm-hmm. at two. And I've got a daughter, Zoya. 
She's four years old, but she's also showing signs of being a little bit spectrumy. <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> so um, that's just a made-up word, by the way, for anybody <laughs> that's wondering. Um, so basically, um, alarm bells started ringing with our Zachariah just before the age of two, and it wasn't actually myself that noticed. It was my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a high school teacher and he works closely with SEN children, mm-hmm. a lot of autism. So he started mm-hmm. picking up on things like Zachy would sit in front of the TV, but he'd stare at his hand like inanely stare at it, then snap his hand away. Mm-hmm. And he'd pull the other hand out and that just used to repeat on and on. Then he used to love aeroplanes, still mm-hmm. does, and he would line them up beautifully. Mm-hmm. And if one was yeah. out of line, <laughs> big panic attack. And mm-hmm. just more and more alarm bells uh, started to ring. Mm-hmm. So we went to Sparkbrook Health Centre and they put in a referral for Park House. They didn't want to do it because they don't like to do it that early on because Mm. children can display signs of autism and snap out of them. Mm. With Zaki, um, they put him straight to Park House, which is a special children's assessment centre in Spark Hill. Mm. And he had three different sessions and some of them were on his own and some were with two other children of like sort of, you know, backgrounds. And then in February... 2013 I think it was yep the 5th of February we got the letter through to say yes you have got a diagnosis ex-husband's family were very reluctant to believe that Mm -hmm. they're a very sort of traditional uh, family Mm -hmm. and they thought it might be things like Nuzzer and things like this and that and he's going to grow out of it he's going to be fine give him black seed oil he'll snap out of it (laughs) and you know you want to believe those things but I already had quite a strong knowledge because I work in primary schools Mm. and I work with a Sanco and I kind of embraced it. I was actually not happy that he'd been diagnosed, but it was a sense of relief because yeah. I just knew we were going to get the support, which we have. So he went to a nursery. They had a beautiful plan for him and it really pushed him along. And he started reception last year and he goes to a school called The Pines, which is mm-hmm. in Erdington. And they have brought him on leaps and bounds. You know, the school are very close with us. We get a homeschool diary. They tell us oh, all yeah. the positives, the negatives, but they focus very much on the positives. Mm-hmm. And like a sister here said... I see it as a blessing because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does choose people for specific reasons to bring up these children and we have to show our sabr in doing that and then inshallah we'll get rewarded for that in the Mm. akhirah. So that's one of the things that keeps me going because I am a single mum. I do work Mm. full time. Mm. I am run ragged and sometimes Mm. I feel like chucking the towel in and am I really up to the job? But Mm -hmm. then I just remind myself that I was chosen for this. Mm. So I've got to just get on with it. Mm-hmm. And that's me, really. Wonderful. And Zachariah, I know what we say about yeah. our boys. He is mm-hmm. a beautiful soul. Yeah. Um, when I'm feeling very stressed out, he has a very calming effect on me. Mm-hmm. And it's the eye contact thing, like yeah. you say. It's it's a very beautiful and special thing. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah, what wonderful stories you're telling me here. <laughs> We're going to come back to some of that in a bit. Okay, but let okay. me go to Sister Nazia now uh, to talk me uh, talk to us a little bit about your background. You've got. Um, mashallah, three girls and a boy, am I right? Yeah, yeah four yeah. children, mashallah. Yeah, so I've got Angelina, she's 12. I've got Amna, she's 10. And Daniel is seven. And then I've got Faryal, who's four. So Daniel's my only boy and he's the one with um, autism. Mm. So my journey, it started when he was about two years and eight months. Um, at this point, I was pregnant with my with Faryal, who's my last, uh, my fourth child, sorry. Mm. And um, um, I, I never really noticed Daniel was different I just I remember when he was little like four or five months old and he wouldn't smile and I just thought oh he doesn't smile I used to spend so much time and effort trying to make him smile and he just wouldn't and I just thought you know he's just lazy and um, but this I just kind of put it to the back of my head maybe I knew that but there was something there and I'm mm. not sure um, so by the time I was eight months pregnant Daniel just kind of regressed um, he was martial he was he knew loads of colors he knew 
colours like purple, pink, he would count to 12, 13. Um, so I, was, I had no concerns until, um, like I said, I was eight months pregnant with Faryal and all of a sudden Daniel just started babbling. He started babbling. We were having work done in the house. I was living with my mom. So I was really stressed out. And um, he would wake up in the middle of the night for three, four hours every single night. And he would act like he's in a playground. He would jump on the bed, laugh, um, just like laughing like a madman. And mm. um, I remember like I was so stressed out and I was so tired. Mm. And um, and I, I remember then um, I was just thinking, what's going on? I remember saying to my mm. husband and my mom, like, what's going on? You know, he's babbling. And um and they were just like they found it funny they thought you know he's he, he knows there's a baby in your stomach he's getting jealous and mm. he's starting mm. to bubble you mm. know and um, um, by the time then I had Faryal and I got to the eight week check up, check up he was still waking up every night mm. I was um, breastfeeding Faryal and I was just I was totally like you know just drained um, mm. I went to a health visitor appointment and um, um, she asked me oh you know she was she was talking about Faryal and I said listen I've got no concerns about Faryal and she said oh mom you look really tired and I just broke down that just made mm-hmm. me like um, I just started crying and I said you know he's this is what he's doing he's waking up every night and um, I'm not sleeping and um, you know I'm really concerned about him basically I did mm-hmm. take him to the doctor to the GP um, a couple of months before this and he just said oh you know it's he's, he's a boy and I just thought maybe it's because I've got two girls they were quite advanced for their age mm. I thought you know maybe he's he's a boy maybe that's just a boy mm. thing you know yeah. you, think that, don't you, you get thinking yeah. yeah yeah and I thought you know oh he, he's he's normal for his for for a boy mm-hmm. um, so when I got to the health visitor appointment um, and they said you know um, we'll come and do an assessment so they came to the house this was in um, Chapman Road uh, they came to the house and um, they literally came in for like 10-15 minutes, made him do a few um, that a few little tests like writing and um, putting some blocks up. And um, yeah, you know, just really like qu- kind of quick. It was really like 10 minutes. And then they said, uh, we're going to refer him. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I started panicking, thinking, what's wrong with him? I knew nothing about autism at this point. Um, and I just thought, you know, it's something that happens because of the MMR injection. You know, he oh, yes. That's all I knew about autism. <laughs> it's because of MMR. Um, so when I thought, oh, I'm going to get, you know, this kind of referral. And I just thought, you know, maybe it's a speech and language delay. Mm. And then we went through the whole process. It started off in January 2014. And we finally got the diagnosis in July. So it took seven months. Uh, we went to the CDC in Heartlands. And like Nikki said, we had three sessions. And um, in the first session, um, one of the ladies said to me, we, I think he is just not like official, but mm. I think he is because he's kind of textbook. Mm. Um, again, he's not like a rain man. He doesn't, you know, kind of drop things on the floor and count them automatically <laughs> and things. But mashallah, he's um, at that point when he got the diagnosis, I remember just thinking my world's broken in pieces, you know, and um, I just remember crying. I, I cried a lot. My husband cried a lot. We were just thinking, you know, what's going to happen? Um, he's our only son. You know, all these kind of yeah. th- thoughts that you have. And um, I think he found it harder, my husband did, because people were saying things like, you know, like, um, oh, he'll grow out of it and mm-hmm. uh, do this, you know, he'll yeah. take him to this place in yeah. Pakistan <laughs> and take him to this Darbar in Pakistan and, you know, um, he'll be fine. So we heard all sorts and then it literally took me, I think, I think recently, you know, he's nearly eight years old. Mm. Um, so it's been like three, three and a half years. I think recently I found like I've come to kind of peace with it mm-hmm. and um, I've just seen, trying to see him for what he is and, you yeah. know, just let him be what he is basically. Um, so yeah, and emotionally he's, he's beautiful, like, you know, I'm biased as well, mm. but, you know, he's, he's taught me so much. It's not only about kind of, um, you know, what can we do for them? They can do so much for us. They've, yeah. He's taught me so much yeah. patience, so much mm-hmm. tolerance. Yeah. I'm so much more patient with, you know, um, 
I think I used to be like one of those parents who thought um, this is going to sound really bad, really judgy now. But <laughs> I used to think, oh, you know, look, uh, ADHD, it's nothing. He just, he just, they can't control their kids. But now I know yeah. exactly. I used to think these <laughs> thoughts, and now I've kind of, I, I really regret thinking that. And I'm thinking, you know, how could we? Uh, me as a person just get out there and help people you know I'm not a professional or anything mm-hmm. but I just I've got my own story and I just want to help people yeah. with, well, that's with what you're hope. doing today well yeah. done yeah. mashallah for all of you coming on to help people and uh, you know it, it, it must be really hard when you get that diagnosis yeah. or get that letter through the door like this I know you've described a little bit about it but can you remember back when you did when you opened that envelope and read those words what was th- going through your mind? I was going to say, I think mine was quite diff- mine was quite a different journey, um, and I think times have changed a lot. And even though we're talking about just ten years ago, mm. um, I went to see the consultant, and uh, she just gave me this big wadge of paper saying, "This is autism," mm. and I was, "But you haven't said it's autism." And we're like, no, it's global development delay and it's severe learning difficulty. So I kept holding on to that fact that it was an autism. Mm. And it was only when he was um, transitioning from his nursery sort of special needs school to the school that he's at currently at the age of seven that they turned around and said, we have to have that official diagnosis put in place. And I think at that point, for me, I was quite sort of accepting of it. I think Mm. if they'd thrown anything else at me... I would have been quite happy with it. Um, however, it, like I've said, he's 12 and it's only been the past four years that I've fully acknowledged that he's not just going to snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get family who say, oh, try this, try that, mm-hmm. try this. <laughs> the reality is, when you, especially when you see it written down, mm-hmm. that your child is um, not just autistic but has severe learning difficulties, which means that he's cognitively functioning um, at a, a much younger age than he's 12 years so sort of mentally he's a 12 to 18 month old child Mm. and when you look at him he's a young man that's got a moustache that's going through puberty (laughs) in all its glory (laughs) but his favourite toy is a Thomas the Tank Engine he loves his Gruffalo and he still wants to go out and get lollipops because he doesn't understand why he can't have that Mm. Um, it's finding that balance between that reality of actually seeing what you always knew but also accepting what that means for yourself as a family but for your child as well and their progress mm. it's um, it's bittersweet if I'm honest with you mm. um, so for example like my eldest son's going through that assessment currently he's 13 he's already got a diagnosis of dyspraxia so oh. that yep which, he, hand in hand yeah, which, is, yeah, which coexists yeah. with with autism um, but for me it's a relief this time round and I just feel bad that I missed the signs and he's got very classical signs of autism where he can't give eye contact he's very literal, doesn't understand sarcasm um, so yeah it's bittersweet it's, it's finally getting that acknowledgement that yes there is a reason why your child is acting this way, it's not just because of bad parenting mm-hmm. or it's not because you've done anything wrong, it's because that's the way they've been creating and that's their, that's their system that they, that they work with basically the brains are wired differently to emotion, yeah. to what I'm not going to say normal because what's normal? Neurotypical. But yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's, one, yeah. Well, that's the way they use, don't they? They, and say. they can't read people's emotions the same way you or I can. Mm-hmm. So like you said, your, your eldest son yeah. is that you're waiting for a diagnosis where he can't understand sarcasm. Yeah, he's quite um, neutral. They take things quite personally, yes. can't they? And my son's very emotional. If I don't respond back to him every time I drive past the train station in the morning, he'll go, Mummy, train. And if I don't go, oh, yes, Saki, train, he'll have a full-on meltdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
for what reason I don't know so we have this little ritual every morning yeah. these little things you've got to do just to pacify yeah. them it's yeah because very I, different to raising a child without autism yeah the, the definition of autism is that it's a neurological um, lifelong impairment yeah and it's a lifelong condition lifelong condition and there's certain um, things that they look at so for example like they said to Nazia that there's is textbooks so social interaction and social <coughs> communication is a massive thing up there there's a concept called theory of mind mm-hmm. um, and I won't bore you with all the facts but it's basically they really struggle to understand what another person might be feeling or thinking mm-hmm. they're very concrete in their th- well no many of them are very mm. concrete in their thinking and in yeah. the way that they view the world yeah. um, abstract mm. concepts are very difficult for them to understand so for example with my Zakaria he does not understand um, the concept of time um, he understands now and next mm. um, he doesn't understand you know sort of like yesterday tomorrow he doesn't yeah. quite understand those concepts mm-hmm. why he would not be able to understand that I mean he's level of functioning is like I said a a young toddler so it's like two words that he'll understand he's regarded as being non-verbal but yeah with autism and it's such a massive spectrum Mm -hmm. there's not one particular thing which definitely indicates that your child is autistic and they do say sorry to interrupt humans in general have all got a bit of spectrum within them it's just not as evident yeah, mm-hmm. it comes out in some more than it does others, and so we're all on that spectrum. Yes, it's what yes. makes us human, yeah. mm-hmm. but it, it displays more in other people. I'm pretty mm-hmm. convinced. I've always suffered with mental health myself, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty convinced. I'm 37 that I wasn't diagnosed and should have been. I do, especially when I see traits in my son. But then I think, am I overthinking it? Mm-hmm. But no, I, yeah, think I think I've definitely got a bit in myself, and so <laughs> there's my a work lot colleagues. of colleagues. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence <laughs> that, um, especially with girls, girls are very adept at masking. Yeah their conditions um, and what they do is they pick up from their sort of peers about the way that they should sure. act yes. so they can mask that and what they'll do is because as girls I think we're really um, brilliant at copying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a lot of girls have gone and a lot of women have gone through life and they've managed their autism and not had that official yeah. diagnosis yeah. I particularly Although love they can struggle with relationships yes. and things and holding it's when friendships. it comes through yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a concept of friendships which a lot of yeah pe- people on the spectrum can um struggle with and like um sister said yeah i've got mental health issues i suffer from depression um i don't see as a punishment i don't see as anything to be negative about and right now i'm quite in the depths of going through a period of yeah. depression because i'm going to be 40 tomorrow what i realize is i'm actually quite sort of open about who i am as a person so depression fits onto the autistic spectrum disorder bipolar comes into it as well ocd mm-hmm. is is another way of mm-hmm. it and you know when we say we're quite sometimes we can be quite negative about people who say oh they so no they're a bit socially awkward yeah, It'll but be we don't difficult. know what that person's actually yeah. going through. Do I don't think you can imagine. So, for for example, my eldest son, he'll do something and go, sorry, sorry. I'm like, it's all right, baby. You don't have to say something. No, sorry, sorry. Oh, my goodness. My Zachariah does that. And if you don't convince him that there's nothing to be sorry about, mm. you'll carry on saying it yeah. for like 10 minutes. And it's it, like, oh, exhausting sometimes. But it's like you said, like, with <laughs> going past the train station, like, for my Zachariah, it's like McDonald's. I'm like, yeah, McDonald's. <laughs> I know there's other fast food chains available, but McDonald's. Um, and I have to repeat what he said. So he, for him, that's right. She's understood what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She knows I want McDonald's. And he's, I say he's non-verbal, but he can give me a list 
of his what he wants for McDonald's and Dixie chicken. <laughs> no other fried chicken is going to be acceptable. Um, and it's all those other things like with I don't know about you guys, very restrictive diets. Yeah, roti, bananas, exactly, brown bakes and apples. Oh my god, mine doesn't used have to be any fish fingers, but he, 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 <gasps> fish fingers. if he looks at a fish finger, you, you can just see it going. I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Let's keep the food he's got inside yes, yeah. him, please, and then just take the fish fingers and away. And that's part of another <laughs> element that fits in with autism about sensory processing disorder. Yeah, yeah. and it's about taste and textures, colours. sounds, colours, mm, lighting. Um, so with my Zakaria, when my Sufyan was going through um, his voice was breaking and <laughs> Zakaria couldn't stand it he'd go Sophie shut up oh, <laughs> and no. he was like so Sophie was going uh, and he was I was like Sophie I'm just come here talk to mum later or text me or something Zakaria couldn't stand that he can't oh. he doesn't like loud voices mm-hmm. um, and he'll go around telling all of us to um, shut up which is I know it's not the most appropriate words to use but I was quite impressed that he knew yeah. 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 Still, yeah I was quite impressed um, the thing is we're all on uh, the same journey in terms of learning about autism, learning about ourselves mm-hmm. as moms, as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know I'm really blessed. My husband's, you know, Alhamdulillah, he's absolutely amazing. He's an absolute superstar. Um, we've worked together to sort of manage our, our, the needs of our children. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're aware that we both need that break away mm-hmm. from the kids as well. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times what parents don't talk about is the impact having an autistic child has on your relationship with your partner but also on the relationship that the siblings have yeah and i think it's extremely important um for us as parents to be aware that when your child is diagnosed with autism that's a diagnosis for your whole family Mm. that's a really good point to come to as we're coming into a commercial break because we want to talk a bit more about that the effects of it on your relationships on the on your siblings in the household etc and and, um, people listening into us would really I think benefit from that so we're going to take a commercial break now and come back to us listeners after this commercial break where we have further deeper conversations alhamdulillah with these three beautiful (laughs) Sisters, mashallah, in front of me, smiling galore, mashallah. It's really making me feel so happy indeed uh, today and a privilege to be with you. Uh, Salam alaikum, listeners. We'll see you in a few minutes.